Just Our Real Estate, episode number 175. I think that you could sum it up by saying your your spider senses were good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for joining me here on Just Start Real Estate. I'm really happy that you're here. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host. And if this is the first time you've ever been here, then welcome. I appreciate you being here. If you've been here before, if you've listened to the show before, welcome back. Today, I have a really, really special show uh, in store for you. And it's it's going to be something totally different. And it's something that I don't know I've heard anyone do in podcasting before. So I might be breaking new ground here. And I will explain that in just a second. But before I do, I'd like to ask one favor. If you have been here before and you've gotten something out of this show, if you enjoy listening to it, if you enjoy the show, if you think it's helpful, if you think it's informative, entertaining, or any of the above, the best way you can show your support and the best thank you that you can give me is to go to iTunes and give me a rating and review. I would really appreciate it. It helps out the show tremendously. So I'm not going to go any farther with that. I would really appreciate it if you could stop right now and do it or at least do it sometime today and uh, give me that rating review. I would really appreciate it. Now, on to today's show. Today's show is going to be really cool. Like I said, we're doing something totally different here that I've not heard in podcast uh, uh, before in a podcast, and I'm doing kind of a simulcast with another podcast. So what actually happened is it's it's another podcast called uh, Landlord University, and it's a, it's a rent prep podcast podcast. And as you know, you've probably heard me talk about Rent Prep on the show. Uh, they've been a sponsor of the show. I've also interviewed the owner of, of Rent Prep, uh, Stephen White. He's an awesome guy. So what we decided to do, because I am in the process right now of renting out um, and leasing a rental property that I have, and I turned to Rent Prep as the experts in the industry of doing background checks. And I turned to them to do all of my background checks and the guys over at Landlord University asked me and suggested, hey, why don't we interview you and why don't we go over the applications and all the background checks that we did on the air on our show? And I said, yeah, you know what? That would be great. I would really like to do that. And wh while we're at it, why don't we both record the interview? I will publish it on my podcast as an interview I did about my rentals and about the background checks and how that all works. And they decided that they wanted to do the same thing. They're going to air the interview as an interview that they're doing with me, a landlord, and kind of talking to me about my end of it. Like, what did I see when these applicants walked through the door? What did I notice? What were my gut feelings on the whole process? And then also we get to dive in and look what it what it says on paper as far as the background and the credit check and all of the rental history from the applicants. So it's really cool. And as it turns out, uh, the applicants that we reviewed were, were really interesting for various reasons. Some of them very, very good. Some of them not so good. And you kind of get to hear the good and the bad and the ugly. And of course, we don't reveal any names of any of the applicants. That would be a really bad idea for privacy's sake. We don't have permission to do that. So we simply just label them applicant A, B, and C. So you're going to hear all this when I get interviewed by the guys over at Landlord University. Uh, and those are Stephen White and Jeff Pearson. And these guys are really great. They, like I said, they have their own podcast. You should 
definitely check it out on iTunes. Very cool podcast for anybody who's a landlord. They give just great information out over there, and these guys know what they're talking about. So it was fun to be interviewed. It's going to be awesome to put it here on my show so that everyone can learn because I am basically an inexperienced landlord, right? I have one rental, and and I've kind of messed it up in the past. I'm a house flipper by nature. Everyone, I think, knows that who's listened to the show, but I do have a rental, and I'm acquiring more, so I'm learning here, and you kind of get to hear it from the ground level, right? I'm not an expert telling you how to rent out houses and how to lease houses. I'm sort of new at this. I'm not great at it. So I'm learning as I go and you're going to learn along with me and I really think you're going to enjoy this. So sit back, take a moment to go get yourself something to drink if you're at home. Just really settle in. This is kind of a long show, so I apologize up front if you have to listen to it in in chunks because maybe you're working out right now or you're driving to work and you can't listen to it all. That's fine. Just pause it listen to it on the way home or listen to it the next day when you're running again or working out, whatever you're gonna do because it's worth listening to the whole thing. A lot of good information here and these guys are just awesome. They know their stuff and it's really cool to listen to them break down these background checks and I think you will learn a lot. So without any further delay, let's get into the interview. Welcome to Landlord University and... And Just Start Real Estate. And you might recognize that voice of Mike Simmons. He's a friend of ours who has another podcast. And we're actually recording two podcasts in one today. It's going to be kind of fun because essentially Mike is in a situation where he needs to rent a house. He needs to get it taken care of and needs to get moving forward. And he reached out to Rent Prep to get some background screening on three applicants. And we're going to go over those results. And Mike truly does not know who he's going to rent to. We're going to hopefully make that decision today. So I should also introduce my co-host. Stephen White. Hello, Stephen. How are you doing? (laughs) Uh, I'm good, Jeff. I am super excited. And before we even jump into this, a huge thank you to Mike Simmons. Uh, Mike, what an incredible opportunity to do this for, you know, the benefit of so many landlords who have never seen how to choose an applicant through the screening process. To my knowledge, nothing like this has ever been done. So I think this is incredibly valuable. So I really sincerely appreciate the opportunity that you're giving us here to to be able to do it live, not only for our audience, for your audience and, and anybody, any landlord who's ever wondered you know, what do I do after I have these background checks in my hand? Yeah, exactly. Unless anyone think that we already kind of went through all these and, and, and pre-recorded or pre-discussed somehow what we were going to do. We haven't. We talked about it, and it's all going to be pretty fresh and, and uh, live, like you said. So that's uh, that's cool. It's kind of like a weird version of the dating game, right? We have, <laughs> we have three applicants, and I'm going to pick one by the time we're done here, or hopefully, hopefully pick one. So, yeah, this should be pretty good. Right. Yeah, and the only... Backstory that I've gotten, um, and you're right, this is all, I mean, we're doing this live. You and I haven't gone over these in, nope. in any detail. You said specifically you didn't want to, and I, I thought that was great for the integrity of, of keeping this as real as possible. And, um, you know, the only backstory that I've got is I went back and I listened to your your podcast episode where you talked about your worst applicant ever. Yeah. And, of, of course, it was of huge interest to me because we're screening that person. And uh, without knowing who that person was by name, I knew out of these three tenants which one that one was. And I'm so glad that uh, the data is going to back up your gut feeling. It's such a, again, such a great lesson for landlords here on the importance of just going with your gut sometimes. Yeah, So exactly. 
Yeah. So, so before before we jump into that, Mike, why don't you give us a little background on the property that you're renting? <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Um, so this is a property that I have owned uh, since 2000. Uh, I lived in it my myself personally, and we moved out of there in 2007, and I've been renting it ever since. So about seven years now I've been renting it, and I've had about three different uh, renters. The last one um, left it uh, in a really bad state. I, I spent um, about $10,000 trying to get it back up to speed, and, and that wasn't like updating the kitchen and the bathroom or anything or putting a roof on. This was like getting i mean it was destroyed destroyed it was really really bad it was ten thousand dollars worth of flooring and paint basically and trying to repair walls and things like that so it was bad and i haven't received rent uh payments on this house since my last rent that i received was in december because i had to evict them so then that takes some time as you know um so then once i got them out i started doing you know going through the process and then now we're at the point where we're about to to rent it so well, now the pressure's on. I mean, we got to find your, a good tenant to get you past this bad situation. Yeah, and-, and I will say this too: the last, you know, when I started renting this, I really wasn't involved, you know, in real estate too much. I mean, I started about six years ago, but I wasn't a landlord. I was doing flips, and I was learning that side of it. And I did a poor job of background checking and screening tenants. So when I say a bad job, I mean like no job. Like right. I, I don't even know if I had their social security numbers. It was like, hey, they showed up, they agreed to the rent. And and they were renting, so that's really what I did, and I sort of got what I deserved from that, you know, from that type of a, a process. Yeah, well, let's let's jump into. Um, I guess the perfect place to start is with your previous episode that you described the worst applicant ever, and I think that's the first one we should go over, and we'll name this one Applicant A. So, what's behind uh, at door one, Applicant <laughs> A? Um, so, give us a little. You know, a, a brief summary of that podcast episode that you did and what you ran into when you actually did the showing and, and collected the application from this applicant. Yeah, sure. So what happened okay, so I I, I had I've shown this house uh, to a lot of of potential renters. And one thing that I decided to do, made a conscious decision, it, it, I was, I'm not sure if this was advice that you had given me, uh, Steve, or, or if I had heard it from somebody else, but I passed along the background check cost, the fee for that. I, I was passing that along to the applicant, right, mm-hmm. as sort of a way you know, to screen some, make sure that they're really interested so they're not just filling out applications at, at 15 different houses and they're not really that serious. I kind of wanted to be that the first barrier to entry for them is they have to be serious enough to at least give me just a little bit of money to do the background check. And if they right. won't, there's a good chance their background check isn't going to go real well, right? They're not going to throw mm-hmm. money away. Right. So I, I've seen a lot of people, and this was a, a, a family that I had agreed to meet them at the house at 7.30 p.m. on this particular evening. And I had I know it was 7.30 because I lined up three different people to show up at 7.30 because prior to that, I had set appointments like our staggered, you know, for each appointment thinking I'm going to walk through the house, I'm going to talk to him and then, you know, I'll have a few minutes and the next person will come in. So I, I left an hour in between and I've talked about this in my podcast as far as like interviewing contractors and things and trying to find a good contractor, just schedule them all at the same time because they're inevitably people aren't going to show up, they're going to be late, they're going to be early and, and it's just a big disaster when you try to schedule it and give everyone an appointment. So I knew 7.30 was the time that I asked them to be there because I had asked two other, other families. So 
so I got there at seven o'clock. And and on my podcast, uh, what I had said is I got there a little early to turn lights on and things. I actually had brought some food because I hadn't eaten yet. So I brought a little bit of food. I was going to eat real quick and then hopefully turn some lights on and, and see the applicants, see all the different families coming. So I go there at 7 o'clock. I put the key in the door. They pull up. <clears throat> so I said, great. I don't even have time to even, like, get a quick bite and turn the lights on. So, you know, I, I was polite. I said, uh, okay, I... I apologize. I just got here myself, but I, I said, wasn't our appointment at 7.30? I thought it was at 7.30, and they just confidently said, oh, no, 7 o'clock. <laughs> and everything inside of me said, pull out your phone and put it in their face and show them the time that they agreed to because they weren't even like being like remotely remorseful. They're just like, no, it was 7. You're wrong. Right. <laughs> so I said, all right, I, I apologize. I, you know, I'm, I'm just getting here myself. We'll turn the lights on. I'm, I'm sorry for that, and, and I brought them in. And they walked in, and, and the, the gentleman was on crutches, and there was an older son, a teenage son, and, and, his, and the gentleman's wife. And they came in, and I, I just, as a, as a general rule, I usually say, so why are you looking for a new house to rent, or where are you currently living? What's the situation? Why are you moving? So I asked him that question. I don't know if you guys, if this is a, a podcast that you bleep out words, but uh, <laughs> I'll say what I said on my podcast. I'll keep it clean. He basically, I said, why are you, why are you moving? What, what's the situation? And they said, we're moving because our landlord's an a-hole. And he didn't, he didn't say a, he used the word, but I was like, wow, he, he had that in the chamber. He wasn't even remotely trying to hide that comment. So that was, that was one thing that I thought was interesting to lead the conversation with. Right. <clears throat> so usually not what you want to start out with when you're talking to your new potential landlord either. It's just, you know. Terrible yeah. judgment on their part. Yeah, exactly. And it was real, like venomous too. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like a, like a little bit bashful. He was just, it was just venomous. He's like, yeah, he's an a hole. Right. So, um, then I, I, they were there for a minute, and and they started to walk through, and and the the husband said, well, before we go any further, we should probably let you know we have we have a dog, or we have some dogs. And I had said in my in my uh, advertisement for the for the house for lease, I said I would I would consider a dog. Like I would need to information, but I would at least consider someone who had a pet. And I said, well, what what kind of dogs do you have? And he said, we have a German Shepherd, a Rottweiler, and a Chocolate Lab. It's like the three like the three most you know like biggest most active dogs you could possibly uh-huh. have. And he's like, so I said, well, you know what? I I don't know that I would that I would you know, rent to, to somebody who has three large dogs. And they're like, well, they're really good dogs. They're older dogs. They're very calm. They're, they're housebroken. Can we just look around? I mean, I don't think the dogs are going to be a big deal. And you know what? They were there a half hour early. I was there. I just said, you know what? That That's fine. Look around. I kind of in my head was already thinking this might not be the right family, but uh-huh. they were there. I didn't want to turn them away. They wanted to look at the house. That's fine. Let them look at the house. <clears throat> So they're looking around, and I said, I do have an application that I need you to fill out if you're interested in, in renting the house at any level. And and the wife said, well, we already have an application we filled out. That that should work, right? And I said, well, you know what? Actually, it won't because I have my own application, and, and I really want to compare applicants like you know fairly. And, and if you fill out yours, it might not have all the same information. And she said, oh, no, no, I'm sure it has the same information. Ours should work. I, I don't want to have to fill out another one. And I said, all right, well, I'm just telling you I won't rent to anyone who won't fill out my application. So it's like we're already arguing a little right. bit. It's weird. you know, They want to rent the house, and they're already kind of getting into an argument. So they took the application. And uh, 
then as they were kind of wrapping up this whole this whole tour of the house, um, they informed me. They said, "Oh, by the way, you'll notice that we're going to have to put down that, that that my husband is is currently unemployed." And I said, "Oh, okay." And she said, "Well, he's suing his employer right now, so he's in the middle of a lawsuit with him, <laughs> and we're not really sure when it's going to be over." And and but so he's we don't know when he's going to be back to work. And I'm like, "Okay, well, this is just all starting to really fall into place for me here." So right. at this point, I was just accepting it as it came. I wasn't getting overly upset about it because I kind of knew where this was going to go. Right. Uh, and then, okay, so I gave them the application, and, and, and they, they took it, and they left. And then at the on the application, I wrote at the bottom that there's a, a, a non-refundable fee that was going to be used to, to do the background check. And I got an email from, from her the next morning, and she said, I filled out the application, but you'll notice that I, I made a note at the bottom. That's, and you probably saw the note there, Steve, when you mm-hmm. looked at it. Yep. said, uh, we will pay this only yeah. if we are chosen as the renter. <laughs> and so I wrote her back, and I said, that's, I can't do that. You understand, if everyone said that, I would only get reimbursed for one of them. And right. the people who d- had really bad applications, I would have, end up having to, to foot the bill for that. I said, so I, I won't do that. And and honestly, I never heard – this was when I recorded my podcast. This was like the last communication I'd had with her. And I've never heard back from her since. But I turned it in because I thought it would be I, – I knew what we were going to do here, and I thought it would be interesting to kind of just take that all the way through the process and just see yeah. – exactly what it said and you know it might be interesting to know what and it and it kind of turned out exactly like i expected it's your your gut was was spot on i mean it was the data reflects your gut feeling so perfectly um so it's going to be great to dive into it, but before we even get into the actual background check, I've got the application sitting open in front of me, and I can tell you some red flags right out the gate on that application. So the reason that she had given you why she was leaving her current place was because the landlord was an a-hole, as she said. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but her reason on the application, which I love this, uh, you you know, in the application it says reason for leaving, and her answer was because it's time. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, just you know, there's there's things on this application that jumped out at me immediately as as we did these, and I just to point out, I am the actual screener that went through and, and did these myself. So okay. I wanted to make okay. I wanted to make sure I had a very clear knowledge and understanding of of all the data that we pulled up and what we found. So. I'm very well aware of everything start to finish on this. And the very first thing that I had come across on this was she gave you the wrong social security number. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So it wasn't off by much. It was off by one digit, which is super common. It's something that we see constantly. Um, and, the, you know, the, our very first step in the screening process is to take the social security number, punch it into our system before we even start to generate any kind of report. We're running that in our database just to make sure the information matches, you know, does yeah. this social security number match the name that was provided? In some cases, it could be data entry error, you know, the, the landlord reads, a, you know, a six as a one or a zero or whatever happens. Um, but in a lot of cases, I'm sure it's intentional. They don't, you know, they want to make it a little harder. They want to just create just one extra hurdle for you. And if you're using a data, uh, instant database, your information would have came back somebody completely different because she had given the wrong social security number. So right out the gate, you know, I knew going into this, oh, this is, this is not usually the right foot to start out on. And once I did track down the correct social security number, which the way that we do it is just simply by searching their full name along with their date of birth or their address. And we have the ability to pull up 
all the records. So once we were able to do that, I was able to locate the correct social security number, identified that it was off by one number, and then everything from that point forward was obviously ran under the correct social security number so we have all of the correct information on that applicant as well. Right. So the very first thing that we pulled up and uh, and noted, well, I guess going back to the application, to point out on her current address, she did not provide her landlord's phone number uh, for either the current address or the previous address as well. Okay. On the on the current address, the the uh, the current landlord to me and everything that I'm looking at seems to be an individual landlord, an independent landlord, just like you, Mike. Who you know yeah. you're you're an investor, you're renting property out. To us, that means we cannot use our database to find this guy because then the tables are sort of turning and now we're doing a background check on the landlord and the landlord has never given us permission to do that so we can't I can't look for that landlord's phone number however I can look for on that second address that she provided that was an apartment community and so I did do the bet I did do the legwork and found the uh the phone number for the apartment community, and we reached out to that apartment community and did get the completed verification from them. So even if they do sometimes skip information and leave blanks, it's not always ideal, but there are ways to fill in those gaps. So okay, I thought that was an interesting... Yeah, uh, that is interesting. I'm looking at it too, by the way. I'm look, As you yep. speak here, I'm, I'm kind of going through and looking at it. <laughs> All right. So the first thing we did was we ran uh, a criminal background check. Um, nothing came back on that. That came back with no reportable records to be found there. Okay. Um, then we did the eviction search. Believe it or not, no reportable records there either. That one, I was almost certain we would be able to find uh, something on there, but no yeah. evictions. Um, judgments and liens, that was a whole different story, as you could see from the report. Yep. So this applicant's got a, a number of pretty serious tax issues going on. Um, Got a state tax lien for over $3,000 that was filed uh, in 2012. We've got another federal tax lien that was uh, filed in 2012 as well for uh, just under $13,000. Then we've got one filed in 2011 that's a federal tax lien for over $14,000. And then we have a judgment uh, that was filed by... uh, uh, it's a doctor's bill or a hospital bill for just over two thousand dollars filed in two thousand and nine. Yeah. So she does have active public records. She's got a, a history, at least with that judgment there, of not paying. I've heard landlords. Some of them would say, "Well, twenty four hundred dollars. That's really not that much money." Or it was back in two thousand nine. It was quite a while ago. You know. Now, on the other side, just to sort of play devil's advocate. If it's only $2,400 and it's from back in 2009, why is it still not paid? Why is it still an active judgment today? Right. And I'm looking, uh, Steve, not to interrupt you, but I'm mm-hmm. looking at her application. And according to what she's reporting as, as income, uh, $2,400 shouldn't be a big deal. It should be a breeze. Mm-hmm. Right. It's funny how those things never really match up, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, so... Judgments are obviously a pretty big warning sign. Judgments um, mean that they had a creditor, whether it be a a hospital or a a credit card or a landlord. A judgment is a situation where they owed money. They couldn't pay that money. A judge had ruled at that time, you owe this money. And therefore, that judgment is created saying, 
you are locked into this. You have to pay this $2,400. Um, as we know from previous uh, conversations, executing that judgment and getting them to pay it is, is another thing. Obviously, in this case, this one's been due since 2009 and hasn't been paid yet. So. Right, right. Um, then we went on to the bankruptcy search. Uh, in this case, this applicant filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy in 2005. Uh, Chapter 7 is the total wipeout bankruptcy. So the 11 is the, you know, the, the bankruptcy that allows you to make arrangements with your creditors. It has a little bit less impact on your credit because you're paying the stuff back. You right. know, you're, you're giving a schedule to be able to pay it back and you're usually paying a, a trustee and that trustee is paying off your creditors. But creditors obviously like that version of bankruptcy much better because they're getting something. Chapter 7 wipes everything clean and that obviously does have a, a pretty negative impact on your, uh, on your credit. Right. For a while. Um, just moving right along on the report here in, in the order. So the, the uh, next down from the bankruptcy that we found was uh, the, the resident verification. Obviously, that first one we were not able to perform because we were not given the person's information, the landlord's information. And from the search that I had done, the address that she provided, it was clear to me that this was, you know, a, a, a a residence. It wasn't a, an apartment community or anything like that. On the second verification, however, um, again, all the information that she provided was that it was uh, an apart, you know, the name of the actual apartment place. So we had searched that, found it, called them. Um, the property manager requested that we send over the proof of authorization. So we faxed that over to them, uh, showing that the applicant had signed to give release of the information and the next day we received the verification completed filled out and sent back to us and this is basically what it said um, we asked if she was the responsible party on the lease they said yes we asked if she paid rent on time and they said no uh, we asked if there were any problems or complaints and they said yes payments were never current or were not current and the uh, after when the applicant left meaning that she owed she left owing a balance as well okay uh, uh, was she evicted no, she wasn't evicted, so she was just late, a late payer. She got out of there before they probably could evict her, so she vacated that, that property before the eviction pr uh, process took place. Um, last question, the golden question. Jeff and I just did a podcast episode on this. The last question we asked was, would you rent to this person again? They said absolutely not. Uh, bad payment history, and the applicant did not leave the place clean. So that was uh, <laughs> two strikes yeah. against them there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Stephen, yep. I'd like to go over basically what we're seeing here so the people who are hearing us talk about this have an understanding of the information that is being provided by Rent Prep. Um, you know, it has the applicant's name and the address of that particular property, mm -hmm. as well as the move-in dates and the move-out dates. Right. That were, now, is that information provided by the landlord that you talked to? Yes. So, oh. exactly. Uh, the move-in, move-out dates... Obviously, sometimes they put them down on the application. We're always asking them and double-checking because we want to make sure that those dates line up and they match. In this case, um, the applicant had put down that uh, they moved in in 2005 and moved out in 2007, which was pretty close. The, uh, the property management company verified they moved in in December 2004 and moved out in December 2007. So, Within reason. You yeah. Know. If they were thinking I moved in in January and it was yep. December, that's that's not out of line. Yep. And then uh, those questions that you just read came directly from the report 
and then in addition to that, you have comments that are that are date and time stamped yep. that show what contact you've had with people. You, know, you have uh, on six twenty four at four fifty p.m. spoke to such and such a person and requested tax uh, fax verification. So I'm assuming that he said, "Send me a fax," as you mentioned. Yep. And then you called again the next day in the morning and didn't leave a message. Yep. You called later on that day and talked to another person. Uh, who said that they had received the facts and they were waiting a response. So yep. you guys are documenting all of the steps you take and that's provided back in the report that you're giving to your clients. Yeah, every time a screener touches it, it's time stamped, it's got the date on there and what happened in that conversation. So as you could see, that first communication, we identified that they're going to need the facts verification. We sent that and then everything after that was basically a follow-up trying to get them to move faster with property management companies. They have wacky rules and do things at their own pace. We've talked, <laughs> yeah, we've talked to property management companies that'll tell us we only do verifications on Fridays, and so you you just have to wait until Friday and to get the verification back. So, <laughs> wow. so it never hurts to follow up with a phone call. And we tell landlords that all the time when they call in and say, oh, "I tried doing my own verification and they never got back to me." And we'll say, "Well, how many messages did you leave?" And or if you did get the, get them the information they requested, how many times did you follow up? Because it's usually not a one-shot thing, unfortunately. It takes a bit of prompting on your, their end. They, they really, I mean, especially considering this was their previous uh, residence, that apartment community has no obligation to do this promptly. I mean, they're going to do it in, you know, as they get around to it, basically. Yeah, it's, not their, it's definitely not on top of their list of things to do when they come in in the morning. Right, especially the fact that it was a bad tenant. I could see if it was a good tenant and they were trying to bend <laughs> over backwards for them. But, yeah, exactly. But clearly, they were like, no, okay, well, we'll get to this later and we'll get it back to you. Um, so you, there is, a, you know, you do have to be patient with it. But sometimes we don't hear back. So in the case of the employment verification, um, you could see that we left a number of messages um, and we never heard back from them. Now, Mike, if you were still considering uh, this applicant, and let's just pretend for a second that everything up to this point was good, right? And and it was just hinging on that, which I think in a, in in another applicant that we'll get to, this is going to be the case. So, um, you know, if everything else checks out and looks good, and you're just waiting on the employer to get back in touch or whatever, it's always a good idea to make that phone call to the applicant and say, hey, listen, you know, the background check came back, everything looks pretty good so far. The one thing that we're waiting on is your employer hasn't gotten back in touch or your your landlord hasn't gotten back in touch with the, with the background check company. Um, can you please just either give them the number or, or, you know, tell them, hey, can you please just return the, the, the phone call? Right. So that, that'll usually help get things moving too, especially if you've got somebody that's genuinely interested. I mean, they're going to, they're going to make a call to their supervisor or call the landlord and say, hey, background check company's been trying to get in touch with you to do a verification. Can you can you get back in touch just so I can get this thing moving? Okay. So the last piece uh, of the report that we had done was the credit check. Um, so, Mike, basically what we do is we, we put their information in. Now, you didn't have to have the tenant involved in the credit check process, and you didn't have to go through a site inspection or any of that. Nope. Um, so the rules of the industry are that we cannot give you an actual full credit report, which for some landlords, they don't like that. They want the full credit report. There's obviously ways to get that. But for other landlords, they're okay with getting just the, the meat and the potatoes. They want to know just the, the summary details of it. Most landlords don't know how to read a credit report with trade lines and see everything that's happening there. So the credit check report that we did on this applicant is a great way to get a nice overview 
on what's happening with this person right now. Right. So uh, when we ran that, I set a standard that this person needed to pass at least a 600 credit score. In the in in the the world that we live in today, no matter what credit um, score models that you're using, anything under 600 is considered poor credit. Okay. So I set that standard at 600 under the idea that if they failed, you know that they have poor credit. We'll be able to give you the details why. Um, if they passed, you know that they at least have average credit. They're in that average credit range. So in this case, uh, the applicant did not have average credit. Uh, the applicant failed on the 600, uh, meaning that they had a credit score less than 600. And the reasons that we got from the credit bureaus were four different reasons why. The first reason is derogatory public records and collections that were filed. Uh, the second reason is the proportion of the balances to the credit limits is too high. That means that the applicants maxed out on their credit cards. They have no available credit. Got it. Um, third reason is the length of time since the public records and the collections is too short, meaning this is not something that happened three years ago and they're on the upswing. That means this is happening right now. They're, they have collection accounts. They have uh, delinquencies. They've got you know um, derogatory public records and remarks happening now, which we were able to see on the background check. They've got judgments. They've got uh, recent tax filing, uh, tax liens, things like that. So those are all having a negative impact as we speak. She, you know, this, this applicant's not on the upswing. Right. Um, and then the last thing is too many inquiries in the last 12 months, um, which, as we all know, that will certainly have an impact on your, your score as well. Sure. So I think... In summary, Mike, I think that you could sum it up by saying your your spider senses were good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think I think that you had the right impression from the beginning with this person. Usually, usually it lines up like that. You know, if you've got somebody that's coming across as passive aggressive, like this person was, um, they don't want to follow simple rules like fill out the application, those kind of things. I've never in my and by the way, I just want to point out, I've never in my life heard of anyone showing up with their own application filled out, which is crazy to me. So yeah, 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 it was weird. It was definitely weird, and it was definitely interesting that that um, she was really pushing it, which yeah. I, I'm sure it had you know some some similar information, but it was just weird. Like who, like you're right, who does that? Right, right, and then yeah, and and then tries to argue the point that that's <laughs> that's just what I'm going to do. You know, I, yeah, exactly. Right. So I think you had it right from the beginning on this one. Um, definite, a, you know, a definite no. This person is high risk in every category that you could imagine. I mean, right. financially, I mean, yeah, they didn't have any criminal records or anything like that or, or even an eviction necessarily. But it's very clear just from that verification alone. If we had just done the verification by itself and not even looked at any of the other data, I would say you could make a judgment based on that. You know, you don't want someone else's problem, essentially. Yep, yep, exactly. And then, like you said, just knowing the other side of it, because you heard the podcast, <clears throat> it's a slam dunk, right? I mean, it's just mm -hmm. it's just a bad situation on, on yep. all fronts. Right. And it, yeah, it, it's just, I think that it, it matches everything perfectly. I mean, everything that you said that you ran into, um, it, it, everything just sort of lines up perfectly with everything that we saw on our end here, you know, so... Definitely, uh, definitely a good decision there. And all right, we'll close well, the book on them, I guess. Then, yeah, for sure. For <laughs> so sure. one of the one of the fun things about this is before we started recording, Mike, you talked about the fact that you're kind of back and forth between these re the remaining two candidates. Yeah, and I so truly am. Yeah, to go through these and and you literally have 
you opened these up and we started recording. So you haven't done any real research or studying in the reports that you have for candidates B and C. So yeah. it's going to be fun to go through those and get an idea of your thoughts about the two candidates. Yeah, I'm looking. Then, I'm looking forward to it because you're right. I, I am back and forth, and having not looked at the data, I'm I'm basing it on my my 10 to 15 minute interaction with both of them. So let's start with that. Tell us about these two candidates, candidate B and C, and what were your impressions? Okay. Uh, candidate C was actually the first uh, of the of the three that I had talked to. Um, he, uh, they were the first one to uh, submit the application, and uh, it, it was a good encounter. Um, you know, it's a it's a single guy. And he has a couple of children that, that live with him, not full-time. He, he is like a, some sort of a shared custody with an ex-wife. And um, he works just across the street. He seemed like a very nice gentleman, well-spoken, polite, you know, all that. He, he seemed really, really good. We had a nice conversation while he was there. Um, you know, I, I've talked to enough applicants to know that everyone claims that they'll pay on time. Everyone claims that they're extremely, they're a neat freak. You know, everyone claims that, you know, they can't stand dirt. So there'll be, never be a spot of dirt anywhere. And, you know, that sometimes that's a case, I guess, and sometimes it's not. But that was sort of his thing is like, I'm, I'm just a really a neat person. I don't like mess. I don't like dirt. I don't like anything being out of place. I'm, I'm pretty militant about that. And it, what was interesting, though, was he, uh, he showed up to look at the house, and then he he ended up coming back so that he could pay me the um, the amount um, for the application for to do the background check. He he didn't have a way to do it electronically, and he's like, "I'll just come back. I'll meet you back here. I, I work right across the street, and I'll just give you the money tomorrow." And that was fine. It was no big deal. I was going to be there anyway. So when he came back, he actually brought his kids, and I so I got to meet them, which was kind of good. And they they seem like extremely polite, well-behaved kids, you know, ask permission to go upstairs and that kind of thing. And, you know, he mentioned again, I'm, I'm just really careful with messes and neatness. And and the, the daughter, who was probably 11, I think, I, I, I didn't even look at the application. She's in that age range, um, piped in and said, oh, yeah, he doesn't let us make messes. And he's very, very, you know, he's, he's he always telling us we can't make messes and we got to be clean. So, you know, there was kids have a hard time lying convincingly sometimes. Times, you know, it's pretty easy to see. So it was good to see that confirmation. It didn't look like a, a, you know, like a young lady who was trying to cover for her dad. It was just somebody piping in going, oh, I recognize that. Yeah, you're right. He is tough on us about about cleanliness. So, mm -hmm. so that was good. I liked it. I liked the fact um, for applicancy. I liked that. Um, and I'm not making it, by the way, I'm looking at this purely as a landlord. I'm making my what I'm about to say as a landlord. I'm not making a judgment about anyone's family situation. But as a landlord, I like kind of like the fact that he's He's it's one person with two kids that are there part time, no no pets and and a non smoker. I mean to me that's a there's a and there's just a very little wear and tear and he works a lot of hours according to what he told me so it, it's just the house isn't being abused by a, a house full of people so to speak or animals and things. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, I don't know if you mentioned this earlier or not, but just remind us uh, uh, the the house is it it's a three bedroom. It's a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath tri-level. I don't know if anybody knows what a tri-level is, but it essentially has no basement. It's got a sub-level. It's like a living, like a living room kind of a level. The main floor level is a is a um, is a kitchen and like another living space could be a dining room, could be a living room. And then there's an upstairs with all three bedrooms and one full bath. 
Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, well, do you want to go? Uh, we're jumping out of order, but do you, since you just talked about him, do you want to go over his report, or do you want to go uh, to applicant B and, and give his backstory? Well, which way? I, maybe I'll give applicants. Uh, B's backstory so we can kind of you know side okay. by side I can give you the the rundown so okay. applicant B came through it was uh, uh, a gentleman and his wife came through and um, again very nice very polite you know articulate the whole thing I mean they, they were very very um, well-spoken people kind of soft-spoken actually um, came through you know had a few concerns I asked them about kids and I found out when they were doing the walkthrough that they have four children and like we just, you know, like we just said, it's a three-bedroom house. It's a master bedroom and then two other other bedrooms. And they're not they're not huge bedrooms by any by any stretch. They're probably, um, I think they're like nine by ten or something like that. They're not huge. So that that was a little bit of a concern right off the bat, quite honestly. And again, not making a judgment about families and how many kids people decide to have. I have three kids, but um, four kids in a, in basically two bedrooms was a little bit of a red flag for me. Um, the wife is a stay-at-home mom, so I mean that—that's you know again not making judgments about decisions, but that's kind of good in, in the fact that I know that someone's there monitoring things and, and they're around, so that's that's a good thing. And they seem, like I said, very soft-spoken, very nice, very polite, you know, people. They they seem like nice people. So I, I don't really, other than that, I didn't have a huge, um, I didn't have a huge feeling either way. I mean, I really liked both uh, B and C applicants from a personal standpoint. The, the one thing that sort of stood out for me was applicant C with kids only being there part time and, and he's single and works a lot. You know, to me, that says, you know, there's not a lot of abuse going on because people aren't there a lot. There's just not a lot of people in the house. Mm -hmm. Right. But, you know, applicant applicant B seem like great people, responsible. I, I don't think that they're, you know, I don't I don't see them as being negligent parents, but, you know, it's hard to tell in 15 minutes. Right. Right. Definitely. Well, as far as the data, what the data shows, um, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, the records that we're showing are, are good, clean records. So we'll run down the list just like we did with applicant uh, A. And in a, in a good way, this one is far much less eventful. So, you know, there's, yeah. there's not a lot to report, which is a good thing. <laughs> That's good. Um, so first and foremost, all the information that was provided was correct, true and accurate. Um, so security number checked out, everything was, was right. Uh, the addresses that he provided showed up in his address history, which is what we're looking for. So right out the gate, he's, he's off to a good start. And Steve, for clarification, we're yep. working on which applicant? Uh, this would be, uh, initial C. Okay. So applicant B. Okay. Got it. Yep. Applicant B. Yep. All right. Uh, so we scroll down, we got no criminal records, no eviction records, no judgments, no liens, no bankruptcies. So just that brief financial snapshot so far looking pretty good. Yep. Uh, resident verification. So uh, we'll run through it. Uh, the first, what we left, we ended up leaving two messages before we finally got in touch with the landlord who, in this case, this was a individual non-professional landlord. This was not a property management company or apartment community. Um, so the information that we got was pretty detailed. Um, and this one was, uh, let me just see here. This one was from a screener. So I'm reading the notes just as the screener had wrote the, uh, the notes in here. So um, got a hold of them yesterday. Landlord said uh, applicant or yeah, the applicant's been a good tenant for him. Uh, he is breaking his lease a little bit early, but it's due to a job transfer, 
and he gave the landlord plenty of warning, and the landlord said it wasn't an issue. Uh, he had said that he always pays his rent on time, never any noise complaints, neighbor complaints. He was not evicted, and he would rent to him again. Uh, the move-in date was September 1st, 2013, and he's still obviously there, so he was just shy a couple of months there of, of meeting that one-year lease, where, which, again, you know, having good communication with the landlord I think is key in these situations where if he's transferring, he's got to break that lease. The way that I look at it is obviously he's been a good enough tenant that the landlord is okay with that. Right. You know, obvi- you know the la- there has to be a good enough relationship there where the landlord's willing to say, yeah, you know what, you haven't been a headache for me. You got a new job. I get it. Thanks at least for giving me enough notice and not leaving in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, he did also confirm the rent amount, which is nine hundred, which which I think will play a factor into it at some point, Mike. Uh, yep. If you don't don't mind me asking, what are you what are you looking to get on rent for your for your rental? I don't mind at all. The rent uh, that I have advertised that everyone is aware of is twelve seventy five. Okay, so a little bit higher than what he's paying now. Correct. But the one thing that is playing to his favor is. His credit check, and I'm, I'm bouncing, I'm jumping forward a little bit here just because it relates. The credit check that we ran on him, where the first applicant failed, he passed. Okay. So his credit is in much better condition. His credit's in better standing. So, you know, can he take on that additional, uh, what is it going to be, 400 or $300 in, uh, in rent? Um, you know, based on his his income, as long as that's meeting your requirements, I would say it probably wouldn't be that much of a stretch for him. Right, right. Okay, so previous uh, residents, uh, another individual landlord, another non-professional landlord, um, we left uh, a handful of messages, have not received a call back to this point. So, Mike, that would be a, if, if this applicant is somebody you're considering, I would say that would be a great opportunity to say, hey, we haven't heard back from that previous landlord that you listed. And I also want to point out that he gave the full, full the phone numbers for everybody. So okay, okay. there were no blank spaces. He provided that information willingly. The name that he provided for his previous landlord matched the name on the voicemail. So it's not his, you know, his buddy or somebody posing to be somebody else. Right. Um, so everything seems to match up. The guy just hasn't gotten back to us yet. So he just may not be good at returning phone calls. But right. again, you know, if, if, if you wanted to, that would be something where you could say to him, hey, you know what, we haven't heard back from your previous landlord. Can you give him a jingle real quick and let him know, you know, why we're calling yep. and, uh, and, you know, give him a call back. Okay. Employment, same exact thing. Um, we left uh, three messages for the um, uh, employer uh, since the 24th and still have not heard back. Another situation there. And I also point out that he works for a very large corporation. So, you know, if it was a mom and pop, if he worked at a shoe store where there's 12 employees, you're probably going to get a call back really quick, or at least that's how we look at it. For the larger companies, larger corporations, again, their priority list is much different. These things just don't take a huge priority, even though we're very descriptive on the phone saying, hey, we're calling to do an employment verification because one of your employees filled out an application for a rental or for an apartment. Can you please return our phone call? Um, but in this case, they still haven't called us back. But I did notice in the information that you sent over, Mike, this guy gave you oodles of information on his employment by pay stubs and everything else, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously that phone call is always good to just lock it in and secure and know that the information that was provided 
matches the information that one human being told another. Sure. But you know, having that information is definitely helpful in in the case of applicant C that we'll move on to next. Uh, if you don't have that, you're going to want to get that from him. So we'll we'll go over that in a second. Okay. So overall, um, I mean, this guy looks pretty good. Uh, came back pretty clean on the background check. That all the data shows that you know he he very well could be a very good potential tenant for you. I think the biggest factor, as you mentioned, is going to be is this place in particular going to be the right fit for his family? Right. Right. So, but from a data perspective. And from a verification perspective so far, he's getting the thumbs up from a, a current landlord saying he's been okay. He's been better than okay. He's, he's, he's a good tenant. I'm okay with him. I'd rent him again. So, you know, I think uh, everything checked out pretty good with him. Okay, great. All right. So, applicant C, uh, just to refresh my memory, this was single dad, yep. two kids, part-time, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. All right. So, he came out. Pretty clean, too, just like uh, applicant B. No criminal records, no eviction records, no judgments, no bankruptcies. Um, so f- from my point of view, kind of boring. But from your point of view, this is a good thing. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, but what I found interesting was his resident verification. I think this is where his strength really is. And, and he's going to need a little bit of extra strength to cover his credit situation that he's in. And we'll go over that. Okay. So... F- the resident verification came back. Um, we spoke to the leasing agent. Uh, the leasing agent explained to us the kind of unique situation that I had noticed on his application, which was he listed the same place twice, essentially, as his current and previous residence, okay. which isn't, isn't a red flag, but I just wanted an explanation. And so the leasing agent was happy to explain to me, and it was a completely reasonable explanation, said that the applicant actually started renting from them in November 2008, then moved to a new unit within the same management company. I'm not sure if it was the same complex necessarily, but same management company moved to a new unit in 2011, and he's still there. And she said that since he's been there, he's been a great tenant, uh, never had any problems, never any issues, never paid late, no complaints on file. So in this case, you've got a very long-term tenant situation. Right, right. You know, this guy's this guy's been renting to them for for a while. They're giving him a great review. They're saying he's good. Um, the rent he's paying is, you know, a lot less than the rent that uh, that you're asking for. Right. Um, so that may be an issue. That that may be a concern. Um, and I'll jump over just because again we're talking about it now. The credit check that we ran on him, he actually failed it. Okay. So he has poor credit. And some of the codes that come up are certainly going to be red flag codes. You know, some of the reasons why he has bad credit. So the first reason that they, that we have is he has serious delinquencies. Uh second reason that we have is the number of accounts with delinquencies. Third is the proportion of balances to credit limits is too high. We just saw that one before. That just means he's maxed out on his credit cards. And then the fourth is the time since delinquency is too recent. Okay. Now, what I will say about this, uh, common sense will tell you, renters on average have a lower credit score than homeowners. We all know this. If renters had great credit, people often say, well, they would just buy a house. Um, I can tell you very confidently that bad credit does not always mean they're going to be a bad renter. I think that people who live on a tight budget – prioritize their bills 
and anybody who is smart enough to prioritize housing at the very top of the list may have other things suffer because of that. So in this guy's case, based on the resident verification that we that we performed, I can tell you that he does prioritize his bills and rent is very high on that list because he's never been late, not once since 2008. Wow. So other things may be falling because he may be struggling, but that rent is still getting paid every single month. The the obvious concern is if anything happens, you know, an accident or some sort of loss of income, whether it be temporary or not, you got somebody who's not in the best of positions to to cover themselves. I'm sure he doesn't have money stashed away, you know, three months worth of income just in case things happen or anything like that. He's right. living, you know, he's living paycheck to paycheck. And at least it's up to this point, he's been able to prioritize that pretty well. But as we know, things do happen, doesn't always come up, you know, work out that way. So that's, that's definitely a concern a little bit. So yeah. one of the other, Steve, is you mentioned his rent at his current place is closer to $850. Yep. Which means that he's going to be paying nearly $350 more per month. Can he afford that? Right. Well, uh, unfortunately, we are not able to verify through his employment whether or not he can afford that, at least not through a phone call. So I'll jump down to the employment verification and what we ran into there. And this is becoming more and more common, unfortunately. So as you can see in the notes there, guys, um, I have that we uh, called the number. Well, the first number that he gave us was not a working number, which, you know, no, no, no red flag or anything. But we searched, found the correct number, spoke to the actual location of the company that he was working for. Um, he's in the restaurant business, I'll say. Yep. And they are owned by a much larger corporation that owns a lot of uh, restaurants, a lot of different restaurants that you probably recognize the names of. The, so some of these big chain restaurants. So anytime that you're dealing with a large corporation like that, we see this with Walmarts, we see this with uh, Microsoft, we see this with a lot of bigger companies. There's a new, um, a new system that these places are adopting and it is pay for verification. Not in the sense that you, Mike, would pay for our verification where we would actually do the legwork and make the phone calls. This type of pay for verification, they use an automated system that allows you to punch in the person's social security number and it will give you automated information about their employment. The problem is, is it's expensive. They charge $25 to do this verification and there's no guarantee on the information that you can receive back. So, yeah. So some, of, and we used to offer this. It's, and I'll, I have no problem saying what it is. It's because a lot of landlords run into this. It's a service called the work number, and we've been around since 2007. The work number crept up, I think, probably a year or two after we we did, and we started to see some of the larger companies uh, move over to this. And I think for them, it made sense because it it freed up their payroll and HR department from having to do verifications and it you know it automated a system to be able to just pass people along to but the downside is these landlords are now stuck paying for this service which is really a substandard service because the information you get back is usually really really limited it's up to the corporation what level of information they want to release so you know we run into this doing a verbal verification where we'll say what was their start date? What's their position? Um, you know, uh, 
are they full time or part time? So what's their current status? And then we obviously ask what is their pay rate? You know, what's their hourly or annual salary number? And a lot of times we'll hear, well, we can't give that information. It's against our company policy. So imagine how frustrated you would be if you paid the twenty five dollars and all you found out was, yes, the guy works here. You're not getting yeah. any more any more information than right. that. That's crazy. It is. So unfortunately it's a hurdle that we see again with these larger corporations that um, that use this service, and you're really at that point you're handcuffed. The only the only thing you can do is get the additional documentation, just like applicant B gave you, where it's either an earning statement from the from the company, pay stubs from the company. Um, pay stubs are great because they're tough to reproduce. You know, especially if they're showing you actual pay stubs and not copies of pay stubs or something. If you see like the perforated lines on them and they, you know, everyone knows what a pay stub truly looks like. Right. Um, those are great, but I've seen other documents faked before. So it's, you know, always look at it and make sure it looks right. Make sure, you know, everything, everything matches up. Everything sort of looks right. But in this case, unfortunately, that's going to be your only form of verification is either pay stubs or an earning statement or a statement of employment that he can get from his employer. But you or us or anybody won't be able to make a phone call, call his actual location, speak to a supervisor, and, and get that information that we want. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Makes so, sense. Yeah. So on that one, um, again, you know, I mean, he's he, he's a higher risk on the credit side. And a lot of landlords in your situation would impose, if they were still considering him, they would impose maybe a conditional acceptance telling him, you know, listen, you, you, you flagged on the credit portion of the report. Um, you know, as, as a higher risk, we're going to have to increase your security deposit, or we require an additional month's deposit down, or a security deposit, or month's rent down. So there's there's things that you can do to sort of you know offset that risk on your end. The question is 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 he willing to, or can he afford to? Right. And I will say too, not as a way to apologize, but just in all you know, because we're doing this for so people can learn. So I, I should say when he was there doing the walkthrough and he gave me the application and paid for it, he said, I just wanna say up front, I do have some things on my credit. My credit's not great. And, you know, his explanation was I've gone through a divorce and you know, certain things got put onto me and, you know, so he, he wasn't making a whole list of excuses. He just wanted to say, I'm not hiding anything. It, it's, mm-hmm. And if, and if, if, if having not great, great credit is a hundred percent, you know, gonna, gonna knock, knock me out of the running, then I don't want to waste your time. And I said, you know what? It, it's not just credit. There's other factors that I'm going to look at, which is entirely the case. It's totally true. So I'm not, I'm not shocked that his credit wasn't great, but you know it's just part of the process, right? I mean, you have to go yeah. through and see the whole 360 degree view. Absolutely, and it's always better to know that ahead of time. I mean, we talk to landlords all the time that say, you know, yeah, I knew this guy had a you know criminal record on here. It, it, it's always one thing if you see it as and it's a shock, you know, or if they put yep. down specifically, do you, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And they check box no, and next thing you find out, they're you know, a, a sex offender or something crazy. And then it, there's that shock factor. But if you go into it knowing like, like you did with him, where he said, listen, I do have some credit issues. And now the report sort of, you know, uh, confirms that. And it, it's not a surprise to you. Um, you know, again, I, I don't think that you want to necessarily completely discount this guy, but you definitely need to be aware that you know that credit is a concern, and I think he's probably, like I said, living on a, a tight budget. Where you know, if anything does rock the boat, that could affect you know his ability to pay the rent. 
Right. Yep. And and the rent that he's currently paying is lower than a lot lower than what he's he's you know essentially agreeing to pay at my house. And if you look at the application, he's also he also makes less. You know, mm-hmm. not a ton less, but he he makes less. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a concern. So, and I'll just give you an idea where my where my head is at. Not necessarily of who I'm who I'm leaning toward, but you know, just coming from the situation I came from, I walked into a house that had just a tremendous, like a shocking amount of damage done to it. Just shocking the mm-hmm. the amount of damage that was done. So for me, and again, I'm I'm just being honest about it and being human. The thought of very few people living there is extremely attractive to me. <clears throat> Not that I would pick them for that reason, but you know, if you if we just looked at this apples to apples, it seems fairly clear that applicant B is probably the better risk on paper, right? Mm-hmm. Makes more money, yep. better yep. credit, you know, all that kind of stuff. To me, sounds like the better one. So the only really difference is the fact that one is a big family. And the other one is a very, very small family. Right. Well, one of the things about the big family, you talk about that one, uh, that bigger family, they make a little bit more money, but they're also supporting yeah. you know, four people that's with that. You yeah. know, that's that's essentially husband, wife, and, and four kids. how many? Four kids? Yeah. They're supporting a family of six full time with that amount of money, whereas he has... He's probably paying some some sort of uh, child support, which is taking something off the top of his check. But he has his kids uh, part time, yep. but he's not supporting a family of six yeah. with a slightly lower income. So, you know, at first you think, oh, wow, you know, they make a little more money, but they also have more expenses. Yep. Yeah. And I will point out, too, that applicant uh, C, the one, the uh, single or part-time dad, um, applicant C, he is making more than three times um, the rent amount. So True. if you were to base it on just that standard alone, I mean, he does, you know, he's, he does still make enough technically to, to, to qualify and to pay for your rent. So it's not, I don't think it's, you know, completely out of the question necessarily. Right, right, right. right. It's a big jump, but you're right. He, he, he passes yeah. that hurdle. Right. So, you know, let me ask you this. If you were to consider him based on his credit, would you would you have some sort of conditional acceptance in place there? W- would you ask him to pay a higher uh, security deposit or an additional something that something to cover your risk? Um, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. But like you said, you know, you made the statement, this guy most likely doesn't have a stash set aside. You know, he already has to pay first month's rent security deposit right so now we're talking about what 20 you know 2300 bucks you know no no i'm sorry 20 2500 dollars right somewhere yep. in that range i'm doing the yep. math right you guys are exposing my awesome math skills here <laughs> um like 2500 dollars <clears throat> so to ask him to pay another thousand dollars or 500 dollars now we're at three grand i i mean i i'm looked at looking at what you, you know you've provided here mm-hmm. i'm gonna be kind of surprised if he has three grand to be honest with you Right. I would be too. Well, let me ask you this though. You mentioned he works right across the street from the, uh, from the unit. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, cause he didn't put down on the, uh, application. Do you know how long he's been employed there? I don't. I would think that that may also, uh, oh no, you know what he did? I, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm looking at it right now. I kind of tucked it in there. Uh, start date was December, 2013. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, I mean, that's, he hasn't been there a, a year yet, so that 
again, okay. kind of a, re- a red flag there as well. Um, considering his profession, uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily want to mention what it is, but considering his profession, I don't know. I mean, are, is this something that, that you think is, you know, is long-term on it? Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I know what you're saying about the profession. It's, it's yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I think there's a lot of turnover in that yeah. profession. Yeah, he might be here at this place, which is, you know, kind of like a chain place, but then next year he may be at another chain place or in a couple of months or whatever the case is. So yeah. th- there may be a little bit of a stability issue there. Applicant B, again, if I'm just comparing the two, applicant B just got promoted and transferred. So he's he's got a little bit of a longer employment history, probably, you know, not only more on the income side, but also a, a little bit more of a stable position as well. Yep, yep, I totally agree with that. All right, what what you've done here, uh, Steve, is provided a, a tremendous service, a tremendous, a tremendous amount of uh, information, and I'm still stuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, l- let me just point this out because I, I think I see where it's going too. Um, three may not be enough. I, you you may want, I mean, you may want to expand that selection pool just to get a couple more in there, and you you may get, you know, you may end up looking at two more and saying, you know, well. You know, now the guy, now that applicant B is is looking even better. Or you might say, you know what, I, I'm glad I ran these other two because now I found this guy who seems like he's just a, a really good fit. The, the last thing you want to do is narrow it down and have to choose the least worst of two people. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, and I, but I'm looking the, the, at this, at the situation, looking at the information. I'm, I'm, I'm literally looking at it right now as we speak. And... You know, the, the only really concern that I have about applicant B is mm-hmm. the, is the amount of, of children, right? right? Right. And it sounds horrible, but I guess if you just, like, take this from a completely objective, sterile, like, not, tra- you know, just looking at it as a landlord with a, with a, with a, a house that you're trying to protect, um, that's why I'm concerned. Now, like I said, I, I have three kids, and, you know... Our house is is clean and well kept and maintained, and they're not you know they're not destructive. So, it's not fair to think that they have four kids that they're going to immediately destroy the house. <clears throat> so, if that's my only thing that's stopping me, because everything else looks great, right? I mean, his mm-hmm. his employment, his even is is where he's currently living. They love him, and his income is good, and everything comes back is great. There's nothing that you have done here that would be negative, right? The yeah, only was, negative is something you you weren't even you know you weren't aware of until I told you. So everything on paper, they're perfect, right? And in person, frankly, they were they were charming, they were friendly. You know, there were no red flags from a personality standpoint. And although people can hide that kind of stuff, you know, in ten minutes, fifteen minutes, I didn't get that feeling. You know, talking about gut feelings, the first applicant gut feeling that I was going to be butting heads with them. You know, the moment they walked in the house. Um, you know, the, this applicant, this family, you know, seemed like nothing but pleasant. So right. from that standpoint, so really the only issue would be with them is the amount of kids. And, and I don't uh, I don't know that that means let's start the process over and, mm-hmm. and see, you know, I, I'm kind of comfortable with the two that I have, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'll also say this. I mean, if you want, you still have one step to go with applicant uh, B. The, the the guy with the four kids, mm-hmm. you still have the previous landlord. We still haven't heard back from that previous landlord. That previous landlord is going to hold a really big key piece of information that you're going to be looking for very specifically, which is 
what was the condition of the place after they left. And so, you know, the, the current uh, landlord can't answer that. He hasn't left yet. He right. doesn't know. Right. So, you know, for you, having four people in that tight space and the condition of the property, that's a huge concern. I think that's only information that you're going to be able to find from his previous landlord that we still have not heard back from yet. So this would probably be a perfect scenario to get back in touch with them and say, hey, man, listen, everything checked out pretty good so far. The only thing that's being held up right now is we haven't heard back from your previous landlord. And again, remember, he he gave you the information. He, he knew the guy's phone number. Everything looks like it's checking out good so far. So I, I don't think it would be a stretch for him to make a call and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to get this new apartment. Can you, and especially if he was a good tenant, that landlord will, will, will get back in touch with us. Usually that same day or the very next day, we usually hear back. And the first thing the landlord says is, hey, I heard back from my, my previous tenant. You guys have been trying to get in touch with me. What do you want to know? So I, I think, you know, that, that landlord may hold the, the key piece of information that you're looking for, which is, will four kids destroy my place? Right, right, right. Exactly. But I, I look at the other applicant, you know, the part-time dad. Mm-hmm. He, he has that rental history. He's been there since 2008. They, they allowed him to move to a different unit. And even though, you know, there's a question maybe of, of his, his career choice at the same time, his income is pretty good. So what about getting his income verification and getting some pay stubs from his place of employment and look at that as a possibility? Because I understand what Mike is saying in that, you know, there's just this gut feeling. And this guy has a pretty good rental history. I mean, 2008, we're talking pretty fair number of years with six years in the same place right and even though his type of of employment might be somewhat transient he's lived in the same place for a long time and that's a that's a good sign definitely well let me ask you this mike um if that other verification came back clear from the previous landlord and he says yeah you know what they a lot of kids but they were well behaved and never any problems and they left and it was good would he float to the top? Would he would he be your first choice because he he has kind of everything. He's got the whole package now. You're talking about applicant B, right? Correct. Yes. If that Yeah, it, I, if, I think he would. I think he would and what what I what I like what I like about his situation is he doesn't appear to be maxed out in terms of like you said if something went wrong, if there was an injury or a loss of employment for a month or two, it seems as if he'd be able to weather that a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. That, right. So that 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 doesn't you know that does weigh in. It does affect it for me. Yeah, and Jeff, I I understand what you're saying too. Yeah, you know, I do too. Yeah, it, it's tough. The only the only thing against that is the significant increase in rent. You yep. know, he has had that solid rental history, but he's making a he's making a pretty big leap, a couple hundred dollar leap there. So again, you know, that might be that well, I might. Think, I think mm-hmm. what you just talked about in terms of you know find out what that that previous uh, tenant situation was. And if it's good, it does make sense that it floats to the top because you've taken away pretty much all of the red flags at that point. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's really the, you know, Mike, that's, that's definitely the, uh, the process, you know, you want to go through, identify those red flags, some things you're willing to overlook and some things you're definitely not willing to overlook. But, you know, just like Jeff said, if, if you can go and and check that one off is a potential red flag. And now you've got, the best confirmation that you can have, which is somebody who's already been there and done that. And if they give you the okay and say, yeah, you know, it wasn't a problem. It was okay. Um, 
then I, I think you've addressed everything. I think applicant B to me would be the the clear choice as long yeah. as that as long as that checked out. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that you're wrong in saying two bedrooms for four kids is 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 tight. But again, you know that that may not be a thing. That that previous landlord might come through and say, yeah, it was it was no issue. They were fine. Yeah, and I, I don't know if this is a fair statement, but my guess is, and maybe again, maybe this isn't a fair statement, but. Uh, the rent that they're currently paying does not indicate to me that they currently have a four-bedroom house, right? right? I mean, you would think not, with the rent being so much less, right? So they're probably used to using. They're probably used to being in a three-bedroom. You know, kids are are, are bunked up in the same room. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so okay, yeah, I I would agree with that. I think getting that last verification is is probably the next and logical and and necessary step. Now, what would you suggest here, Steve? Should I I, I'm gonna. I'll give definitely give him a call when we're done here. Should I suggest that he just have that person call me, or should I still go through the 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 rent prep channel? Um, I would say go through the rent prep channel. You know, uh, have him call us because if in the event there's anything fishy, anything sounds weird, which we we do this on a daily basis. So trust me, we've all got great. BS meters that go off that say something's wrong, something's not right. Um, we've got the ability to to cross reference our information and make sure that it's right. Okay. You know, we can, we can which I have already done, but in that in the event, you know, we can we can cross reference the phone number and make sure it's listed to exactly who they say that it is, and make sure that all that information it, you know it, it jives and it's all correct. So I would say, you know, there really there's nothing wrong with you doing it, but I would say. You know, just to sort of wrap up the uh, the okay. whole process, I would say have them give us a call. Okay. You know, and I also just want to point out too, in closing, that if you notice on the very last page of the application that you sent over uh, for applicant B, so the one that you're considering, I do have a letter here from the previous landlord, but I wouldn't go. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust the letter. So right, that right. you know, that's too easy to type up, uh, which is it's a typed letter. So his his, um, his landlord did apparently write a letter, sign the letter. It was from last year, but you know, it's it's still showing that I think he has a good relationship with this previous landlord. Right. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, I'm just looking at that myself. Okay. All right, and then uh, I can get the number that the, the the appropriate number for them to call. I guess when we're offline here. Yeah, uh, okay. it's, it's just the uh, our regular phone number. So yeah, I'll, phone number. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure you, you get that. Uh, but yeah, I would say just to round it off, that would definitely. I think that would that would give you that last chunk of info that you're looking for. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's it. And I think uh, I think we've come to a clear uh, a clear choice after much debate and deliberation that I think applicant B is the one uh, provided this last piece of the puzzle comes back um, clean. I don't think I have a. I don't think I have a really um, any concerns other than, like I said, the kids. But you know, I, I don't know that that's necessarily. It, I think that's only a concern for me because of what I just went through. Not you know, if I hadn't gone through that, I might not even be that concerned. You know, maybe I wouldn't be so concerned. But I just went through a situation where there were there were a lot of kids in that in that family that I just had to evict, and 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 those kids were were not artists. They were not good drawers because I got to take it all off the windows and walls. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's tough coming out of a situation like that. You're you know you're you know you're, you're shell shocked. You just don't want to go through that same exactly. thing again. Understandably, yeah. but yeah, I, I would say, you know. 
if 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 your decision is going to be made on two parts data and one part gut feeling, got to make sure that the data is coming back clear. And you know, for applicant B, so far, so far it is. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I think that's the way to go. I'm going to get that information and uh, and uh, let them know pending pending getting that back. I don't have any. I don't see any reason not to lease to them. So hopefully that'll let a fire because I know they're actually anxious too because they have to let their their current landlord know definitively like real quick here. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Very cool. What a what a, an amazing opportunity again, Mike. I sincerely appreciate it. I mean, just the uh, the, the openness and you, know, you laid everything out and uh, you know just gave us a great glimpse into this process and how it works and really what every landlord goes through, which is making that difficult decision, trying to figure out who's going to be the best pick. Yeah, and, and I appreciate it too, uh, Steve. I mean, you guys obviously are the authority in this space, uh, background checks, and uh, I, everyone should know, I didn't give you all this information you know, a week ago or two weeks ago. You literally got it like 48, you know, 36 <laughs> to 48 hours ago. So you, you did this extremely quickly, extremely efficiently, and extremely thoroughly, and you laid it out very cleanly and clearly for me. Even I could have probably read through this and, and made sense of it you know without a lot of explanation because it was just laid out very very well so I appreciate that I appreciate the effort and and you know like I said very expedient and uh, yeah it was a great experience I'm, I'm, I'm definitely doing it uh, the right way this time as opposed to previously how I how I chose to rent this property <laughs> <laughs> well good and I, I appreciate that and and obviously uh, we'll have to do a follow-up here after we hear back on that second one just to know how everything went but um, I th- I think you're I think you're probably making the right choice there. I can't see it coming back bad, but uh, yeah, definitely keep us in the loop and let us know. Yep, I will do that for sure, and uh, I'll get that number from you, and and hopefully we'll hear back from them extremely soon. So, Mike, for the listeners of Landlord University, could you give us your podcast name and website again? Yeah, absolutely. It is Just Start Real Estate, and that can be found at juststartrealestate.com. Uh, you can go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash iTunes. It'll take you right to the podcast. So I appreciate that. And then why don't you uh, do the same here for Landlord University? Let my listeners know. Okay. We are at rentprep.com slash landlord you. And that will take you to our podcast. Our podcast, again, is Landlord University. And we are a rent prep podcast. Essentially, Steve is the the owner, right? I am the owner, and I'm here in rent prep. If you can't hear the phones <laughs> ringing and the screeners in the background talking, we try and keep it as low as possible, but it's impossible. <laughs> and again, for everybody who's listening, we are doing this as a as a simulcast podcast, if you will, because this is going to be released on both Mike's podcast as well as as our podcast, so that we get a chance for people to to catch both sides. And it's been a lot of fun. And yeah. it's very interesting to really dig deep into this because when Stephen and I are talking about different things landlord related, we keep coming back to the fact that you know, you have to take your gut and the data and you have to find ways to to find the best solution or the best decision. And as we saw here, yeah, sure. Applicant A, that was kind of easy. That was a given. But B and C, there were compelling reasons to consider each of them. And getting to that final decision, the data kind of swung the pendulum for that. Yeah, because you're right. I really liked both of them. So, you know, just using my gut, I could not have made the decisions. There's no way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it would be different if for applicant, I'm trying to keep them straight, for the family of six, the applicant that you're considering, if your gut 
told you, I don't, you know, there's something about them that doesn't sit right with me. I, I don't feel comfortable with them. It would have changed this again, even with the data that you have. Sure. You were kind of looking at two applicants that you liked. You got a good feeling from both of them. And so you were trying to make a decision, taking that and putting the data against it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Very fun. Well, thanks again, Mike. Really appreciate it. Yep, thank you guys. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch and we'll, we'll uh, round this thing out once it's completed. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, guys, one last thing before you go. I'd like to ask you a favor. I'd like you to think about the one thing in your business that you struggle with, something that you really need help with, something that you think I might be able to help you get past, a hurdle, a question, just something that plagues you when you're trying to move forward in your business, and let me know what it is. Shoot me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com and put the subject line help and tell me what it is that's keeping you from taking the next step, that's keeping you from propelling your business forward or what's keeping you from getting started. What piece of information, what, what thing is, is sort of holding you back from doing what you want to do in this business. I really want to know. I really want to create solutions for your problems. And I can only do that if you tell me what your problems are. I truly want to help. Please send me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com. Subject, help. And let me know what it is that's holding you back. Until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start. 